Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where our goal is to help you find health and community through movement. I'm Molly Herford, a writer, coach, and yoga teacher. And I'm Peter Glassford, an endurance coach and kinesiologist. Every week, we're talking to athletes and experts who can help you lead your best active, adventurous life. Whether you're a gravel racer, a marathon runner, or you just got out on your first bike ride yesterday, we're here cheering you on. You can also visit us online at consummateathlete.com for coaching information and training tips, nutrition advice, yoga flows, bike skills, and more. And now, let's get into this week's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another Friday question episode of the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Peter, what's what's our topic for today? Well, today we're looking at warm-ups or uh, I don't know what else you would call these, but preparation, pre-preparation, you know, pre-performance routines. So everything wrapped up in the, the time before the whistle goes. Yes. And specifically, we're talking about off-road cycling. So sort of mountain biking, gravel, uh, and we'll we'll skip the road or cyclocross for now because I think those are slightly different. Uh, a little bit. I mean, I would say cross. I mean, cross gets complicated, yeah, because of the pre-rides and so, so forth. But if you focused only on someone showing up to race a cyclocross race, I guess mm-hmm. it's not a lot different than a cross-country mountain bike race. Yeah. So I guess let's maybe start with uh, like when do you need a warm-up? Well, or why, I guess, right? Is Let's start with why because we're assuming that our body needs something to get you know, primed for the, the start of the event. Right. Do we always need it? Well, so you get into this thing where who are you and what are you trying to do, right? It's probably a good place to start with warm-ups because if someone's, we, we, you just asked me about Paris Dancaster, it's a local sort of gravel type race, mixed surface race we have that's, for the winners could be, it's been under two hours some years, but it's probably more like a 215 for the win. Uh, this year they do have a longer one, but we'll ignore that. It's like 65K. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's up to 70. Uh, but that's usually it's around, I think of it as a two hour race, um, but it does get longer some years. So all as I say, but there are people who are twice that duration to finish it. That's usually how these races, any race is a rough rule of thumb is it's going to be double for this, this, the, the, the final, the party in the back. Uh, so those people are in different situations because the pair the people at the back it's very much like an endurance race that they're trying to finish the like finish is actually the challenge whereas at the front of the race it's often if you're not in the group to start and this is true of paris tancaster there's a very aggressive start to get onto a very narrow rail trail with a couple a a right hand off the rail trail right and you have to be i mean you can make up a little bit because it is sort of a bit of a pack so i mean you can work your way up through the pack and bridge and so forth but you sort of have to be there so the start is important. You certainly can't just do your warm up in in the start uh, as we roll off the line if you're trying to win. But if you're trying to finish, your probably best pacing strategy is to just you know stay warm in your car or with your coats or whatever. Uh, you know maybe you still check out a bit of the start in the warm up, but then you roll and you get warm as the group rolls through the first you know five or ten k. It's a massive train of people, so you just roll along. Right. I think in addition to that, though, there's a couple other reasons warm-ups can be important. Uh, number one, on a bike, in my opinion, a warm-up is critical for making sure your bike works. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, oh my gosh, how many people have you seen start a race and their bike just like falls apart or they realize the tires are the wrong for pressure sure. or the shifting isn't working or the chain brakes or yeah, yeah. Or the tire is rubbing the you know it wasn't put in right the brakes are rubbing there's just so many technical things the seat's not connected properly like mm-hmm. 
So I think the warm up on the bike is critical, even if it's literally just a roller on the parking lot, just to make sure that you can shift. To Especially for gear. off road, just testing the tire pressure as best you can. Maybe you don't get on the course, but maybe there's another little piece of trail you can be on. And I, I always like to warm up upper body too, just again, so I feel a little, you know, and, and probably more even brain that I'm, I remember how to ride single track, so to say, so mm-hmm. to speak. So you, you talked about you know, sort of technical mechanical. Yep. I think the other thing though is also scoping that start finish. So if you haven't done okay. that, that's tactical. We could call that Yep, tactical as far as the warm up. If you didn't get a pre-ride and maybe you watch some of the starts as part of your warm up routine. And again, we're thinking about this, the pre-performance routine is the, the mental uh, training or, or sports psychology term for the, the warm up. And that could start in the morning with breakfast and visualization and relaxation. And then, you know, getting ready. When do you start getting your clothes on? When do you start actually doing the thing? Are there stretches or bounds or jumps that you do in part of this routine? And a lot of this is building the, we didn't really talk about the physiological. So we were trying to get the body warm and supple or activated the heart rate up. These are the physiological aspects that everyone thinks about with warm up. And, but I think most of it is mental. So you're trying to get to this optimal state of arousal, they call it, or excitement for the start. So for some people, they need to get really amped up and drink a Red Bull and and go uh you know do heavy metal intervals and everything else. Other people need to be careful they don't get over stimulated, so to speak. This is the sports psychology terminology. Uh so they need to maybe be a, you know in the tent alone or in their car alone and maybe do some deep breathing because they're so nervous that they don't want to be over aroused. Mm-hmm. when they get to the start line over amped up over excited on the start line right so i think to summarize there we had technical mechanical tactical physiological and then we'll say mental or psychological mm-hmm. i think also on the the temperature side i think the the warm-up is also kind of important for a just checking that you're wearing the right stuff uh actually moving on your bike in whatever weather is happening at the moment because mm-hmm. i think when you're standing around or you're in your car it's very easy paris Lancaster is a great example of this because it's still a pretty chilly race yeah uh you could tend to start i think people tend to start over clothed for it for sure i'm guilty of that because it's so cold in the morning this is common in any longer races like even things like leadville or summer races in the mountains it could be around freezing to start and then you could have an actual like heat issue by midday so and it, as soon it can as you be start quite challenging rolling, as soon as you start rolling from the start you're you're fine so if you're just kind of rolling around for your warm-up you sort of realize oh maybe i don't need this third jacket or this like fifth vest that you're you're mm-hmm. wearing in in these big races people will use you know throw away sweatshirts for the start line yeah, uh, a lot of which is a little wasteful but I always like my bag up the front that I can sort of rip off. And you're thinking about things you can pull off in the race. Again, we need to practice this. Uh, you know, so arm warmers, you'll see in the Leadville pictures, there's always people who ride so much of the race with their arm warmers pulled down to their wrists because they could never, you know, they can't get their hands off their handlebars to actually take their arm warmers off. There's so much pavement, but I'm always like, how did, like you rode 40 miles in the heat with things around your wrists and your wrists are the big like heat absorbers. That's an aside about Leadville and arm warmers, but practicing getting arm warmers on and off is a great thing to do, right? We could practice that all winter on rollers or we could practice it, you know, certainly in our preparation before the race. Okay. So there you have the reasons to warm up. Now let's talk about, yes, we did those justice, I think. Yeah. 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 Okay. So all the different systems, 
physiological was just a small piece of that, but it's the one that everyone over, you know, they need to do all these special intervals or warm up for a long time because it takes a long time for them to warm up. Which I think is actually, it's way more psychological, right? Like Mm -hmm. this is the set of intervals that I must do or spin-ups that I must do. And if I don't do them, like all is lost. Okay. Um, It's okay if you don't do them, by the way. Well, and you use the word precious for some of these things, right? And and so we have, this is where the the pre-performance routine can sometimes become like superstitious almost where I need to do, you know, we use a lot of four to six by 45 seconds. Uh, you know, and it's, it's very rough. And, but the thing is we do that for workouts. That's, you know, a lot of my workouts that we have in training peaks, that's essentially the warm. Sometimes it's, you know, three by 30 seconds and it's more cadence focused or it's three by 10 seconds sprints. But the idea and what I'm hoping, and I try and always circle back on this and make sure that it's becoming apparent is you do these workouts all year, you know, all winter on Zwift and then all spring, you're hopefully outside doing workouts and you start seeing, okay, I warmed up for 30 minutes. Most people warm up for 10 to 30 minutes and they do ideally some sort of pickup or practice, you know, you know, there, you're going to do a 20, two by 20. You maybe do a couple of 30 seconds or minutes at around that pace. You feel out the pace, right? And then you do your intervals. So this sounds a lot like I warm up for 10 to 30 minutes before the race. I do some pickups that feel a little bit maybe like the race start. I call those getting the crappy efforts out of the way. And then we go to the line. And, and so I'm confident that I've done hard work, <laughs> maximal work some days with this warm up. And so then it should be clear. I should be confident that my body does not fall apart when I go and do my you know threshold intervals or my tests or my race simulations or my VO2 intervals. I've done a warm up before and my body was okay. My heart was okay. And so I think that's where we breed the confidence in what is the warm up that gets us ready. And I think gets us ready as quick as we can, because one of the issues is we don't want to burn a bunch of energy before the race. We want to expend our energy in the race. I think it's probably central, right? Right. Yeah. Warm up is not the time to, to burn matches for sure which is this delicate balance. And those matches could be overexposure in the heat. Someone warms up and you see this all the time. They get nervous and for some reason in their head, they need to be warming up an hour early, but they actually get nervous. So then they actually start warming up an hour and a half. I've had many and you can't get them. Some people it's like they're sitting at the race and they're, you know, maybe their parents are chatting at them or, you know, they're just, their teammates are chatting at them and they, they need to get away from it. So then they get on their bike and they just go and start like everyone else. They're going up and down a hill. And they're doing this for an hour and a half. Some of it, it's like, and you can see if they have power, they've burnt, you know, a thousand kilojoules (laughs) before the race even starts. And it's like, oh, this has just turned into a pretty big race for the sake of a cyclocross or, you know, something that should be an hour and a half day just turned into a three hour day. Yeah. So this is where thinking about who you are as a person, like if you can be at the race and be totally calm and confident chatting with friends and stuff, and then get on, you know, get on to your warm up half an hour before the race or whatever, uh, great if you are sort of that that nervous person figuring out what you can do to not Mm -hmm. uh, be on your bike and and i would say i'm more on that i'm okay talking to people i think i've gotten better at that before and it does help me distract myself a bit but i often will just put on most of my stuff and ride into the forest and find some shade and maybe i'll watch like a section of the course that i want to just see lines that people are doing or i cheer people on uh, but that gets me a little bit away from people, you know, the groups of people that are maybe going to come up and say something weird, like, Oh, you know, everyone's falling on the big rock. Are you worried? <laughs> I wasn't. 
uh, I was okay actually with, before that happened. So yeah, it's something you just have to figure out that routine, but you need to be careful that the, the way you solve that problem, the way you cope isn't destructive. And I think sometimes this even goes into a, a self handicapping where we end up, Oh yeah, no, I put in, I had to put in 90 minutes of solid riding. Uh, you know, I did intervals before the race, just, uh, you know, this isn't an important race. Oh, it's, oh, it's so my that, least favorite yeah. thing. So, and that's why I didn't win. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. That's why you didn't win, but you didn't really give yourself a chance to try. And then you miss those, you know, could you have been in the group for the first lap at least and felt that versus being fatigued and you never got into the group. So it's tricky. And so the point of racing is to race. We say race if we're going to race. Uh, and so we ha- want to try and figure out the way that we can be best set up for the start in all of those aspects, all the owls. That's what Dan John calls them, the owls. And it's so great. So mechanical, you know, technical, tactical, the owls. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a great way to refer to them, right? Rather than me listing them. So those are the things we're trying to warm up or have in our pre-performance routine for our optimal performance state. Now I just want to make like a bowel joke. What are the uh, bowels? Oh, the porta potty line. That's the other very key part Bowel, of the race. Uh, yeah. okay. okay, there you go. That's Ten <laughs> points for Molly. <laughs> okay, so there you go. So I was going to say maybe we should also talk through. So you're making it. There's a decision tree on these warm ups, and I, you were edging into it. So when would we want a little longer warm up? So for longer, I would say maybe say we're getting to the thirty to sixty minute warm up. Sixty minute warm up. Some cases, for sure, you could do that. When would we? Why would we? What would be some situations? Do you think that we would end up with a longer warm up? Why do I feel like I'm getting skills tested here? <laughs> well, I, this is for everyone. Well, Ponder. Sort of, you write it down on a piece of paper. Yeah, it's sort of ironic, right? Because it's the shorter races require the there longer warm ups. Could be. Now the the track warm ups. This is great. If you look up the sky warm up, you should be able to find this. It's I think five minutes spinning. And then I think you do like three, five second sprints. Sorry, there's maybe a building. It's something like this, but it takes at most 15 minutes. And I just saw another person. I just saved it. And I'm sorry, I don't remember it. Um, it's something to that effect though. Like five minutes easy. Maybe it was five minutes of 30, 30. So 30 second hards, 30 seconds easy, 30 seconds hard, 30 seconds easy. Uh, and then essentially go, right? It's a lot of muscular activation. So activate the muscles uh, with a maximal effort. And the heart rate gets up with those 30 30s and away you go. So yes, but I like what you're thinking. So the shorter races, if it's a really important start, maybe you would warm up a bit more. Maybe you'd maybe want that heart rate a bit more active, right? You want to hit. It's like in Zwift. I don't know if you've seen in Zwift, the like everyone's sitting on these virtual trainers at the start line. And, and apparently at the start, you have to be just given her. So that when they say go, you just rock it off the line. There's something so wonderfully meta about your Zwift avatar being on a trainer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it also reminds me of like Supercross. and Wait, Supercross. can I stay on the trainer in Zwift? Like my entire Zwift workout is just me on the trainer? Yeah, I don't know. That's getting deep. I don't know if my knowledge goes that deep. So people can, fo- can phone in and tell us Does about someone that. let me know because that could get me onto Zwift. If you can just stay if and choose just, not to race. <laughs> it's just me on the trainer. So that's the only thing I see is just the avatar of me on a trainer. I have that's some I vague want. memory of something like that happening. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was. Uh, anyhow, we're just guessing now. So in Supercross, they rev the engines and then the gate drops and then away they go. So I think in a, in a short race, that would be ideal, right? Like you're able to do a couple sprints and then you're on the line and then you can go. That's not always an option, but you see at the mountain bike world cups, they're able to use rollers in the start pen for the top 
athletes, I think, maybe everyone now too. Uh, so as close to the thing. So that's, it's really important. The start is everything. It's like a big determinant of the event. So there may be a bit more, but again, you have to be careful how much heat exposure, how much, you know, if it's a hot day, how high is that core temperature getting? Because at some point your body's going to shut down. Okay. So assuming we're not at a world cup where you have rollers <laughs> and someone holding an umbrella over you right. and your ice vest that you can hand off to your other swanier. So I think cyclocross, something like that, where it's cold, it takes longer and more to get the body warm. You've probably felt that where the heart rate's a little lagging. It's hard to get the muscles going. So that's where I think you could probably warm up a bit longer uh, to try and get the body eased get up. Stay warm, stay warm. Yeah. yeah, and you have your clothing and then you rip the clothing off when they say, you know, two minutes to go and, ow, then, ow. and then away you go. So I think that, that probably makes sense. Uh, but then on the flip side of that, if it's a really long race, you know, we're at a stage race, we're at a marathon race, most people do not require, you know, Molly's mechanical, like make sure your gears work and your tires aren't flat. Uh, that's probably, you know, run through your gear, make sure you have all your tools and your food. And that everything's comfortably like strapped on, et cetera. Right. Yeah. You're not going to start and have to, you know, realize you're still wearing the hat. This has happened to me many times in my career. I'm still wearing the beanie that I put on under my helmet. And now you have a beanie on the entire race and you're overheating so badly because again, your, your head's pretty important for getting rid of heat. I also think from that uh, that bowel, uh, Al, uh, you kind of need yeah. that that few minutes on the bike or on the run or whatever, whatever, just to make sure you don't need to hit the porta potty one last time. Because I definitely have seen people in in both like, long rides and long runs where you get like two minutes in and it's like, oh no, sure. uh, because they haven't done anything before. And so usually at those races, I'll go maybe five minutes down the road and then five minutes back. So you sort of maybe can preview the start if that's an option and then come back and you're watching for the staging. Cause it's, you know, you sort of want to be where you want to be in the staging pen and then you're sort of just standing there. And then usually it's a fairly neutral rollout uh, and you warm up over the first bit of the race anyhow so longer races we're trying to conserve energy for the day because we only have so much right um also on the note of warm-ups though uh, a warm-up is only as good as you getting to the start on time mm -hmm. so especially with these mountain bike races or any races where you're going to have call-ups or it's just a roll-up but usually it's 10 minutes ahead of the start time uh, make sure you're not so precious about your warm-up that you are still on the bike uh, when everyone else gets lined up and you miss your chance to be in the front couple rows. For sure. And so this is a trade-off often we'll see in cyclocross. I think some of these bigger races, Paris Tancaster is one like this too, where it's not necessarily, there's not really many much in the way of staging or call-up. It's sort of just get in the pen. So if you're there early, you get a better start spot. So I think at something like Paris Tancaster, I would almost always pick the start spot versus the warm-up for sure you can jump around figure it out right you, i think and that's where you have to have confidence in your body can pretty much adapt to whatever mm -hmm. you know if you've warmed up and spun a bit and then you get there you know your heart's been activated they say i don't know it's half an hour or something at least you know some of these warm-up benefits last so yeah you have to think about that tactical sometimes outweighs and and you just own it yeah. And the other thing we were talking about before we hit record is, you know, a lot of people, especially people who are racing sort of every weekend, do this thing where they they like rally into the parking lot. You know, the, They're kid, always the kids fall out of the van, yeah. they fall out of the van. They're like sprinting to get their number and get get to the start line. And, you know, they get to the start line and they haven't had any time to check the start finish area, much less do any kind of warm up because 
none of, none of these aspects are optimized. Like their arousal is super high. They've been swearing at traffic lights. You know, their bike was probably broken and then they didn't even check their tire pressure. So we're like all these elements that we're talking about, all the owls, including the bowel is, is or maybe not checked off and aren't in like the optimal state. And then they just race, but they've been racing for an hour. Yeah, exactly. It's a very like, it's a very different kind of warm up and not one that benefits you. And so one of our uh, concepts in our our book, Becoming a Consummate Athlete, is that, you know, one of the tricks to racing as an adult, a master and and doing well is actually often doing fewer races Mm -hmm. because then we're hoping we can either get you know, childcare or split it with a spouse, you know, you race this race, I race that race. Uh, We can be focused, we can train between them. You know, we can have more relaxing weekends where there's actually, you know, quote unquote, actual training, you know, those long rides that we miss. So that's sometimes if you're a person who the warm up is essentially the, the swearing at the traffic lights and, you know, being super stressed and running to the line and your helmet's askew. And yeah. Like if you've been laughing through this whole thing where you're like <laughs> 30 minutes, 60 minutes, I'm right. lucky if I have 60 seconds. And that's the reality. We, you know, we have a lot of friends who are parents and you know, they're, you know, in some cases breastfeeding <laughs> right before the line and they are amazing athletes and they just own, you know, they get three minutes right into the line and some of them do really well like that because they're actually calm about it i think that's the key like it's not so much that you can't possibly race under those like circumstances it's it's more about you know can you can you accept that this is how it's going to go and be relaxed about it and not be stressed yeah and i I should clarify i didn't mean that they were necessarily but just like it can be busy and it can be a short warm-up but you can also do it uh in a you know and do really well in your race, even though, but they are there early in, in these cases, right? And so mm-hmm. it can look like a lot of different things. There's no ideal, but I think it's being prepared. And I don't know, you know, I'm thinking about the training. I talked about the training being the preparation. I'm wondering, sometimes it's good to do a little shorter warm up. And I'm sure we've all had that where you maybe only have, I, I get hear this all the time from clients, what p- part of the workout gets shortened when you don't have time? Well, it's always the warm up and cool down. It could be the main part of the workout, but it's often... We short and, and so when we do that, don't do that that often, but embrace that as like, oh, this is an interesting challenge. What does it feel like when I haven't warmed up a lot when I hit that first interval or, you know, can I pace into that first interval a little more gently? Uh, and what does, and then that's confidence building because you've done this before, right? You've done a hard effort with five minutes of spinning. Love it. Uh, I think maybe the last thing to touch on here is uh, I'd say warming up in crappy conditions when you don't necessarily have rollers or a trainer. Do you have any tips for how someone can handle that? Because that's a super tricky thing, right? In cross and mountain biking, there's especially if you're on a lower budget, there's always this issue of if you warm up outside in the mud. So now you're soaking wet and your bike's just completely total <laughs> before you even get going. So I think this is another one where, you know, maybe you do dress up and you can run around a little bit if you're okay with a bit of running, not like marathon jogging. I'm talking about like stamping your feet and maybe like hiking the course and maybe a couple strides or something like that. Um, Still do ride your bike around the parking lot and check those gears. Well, you'll have to get to the line. So the couple races that I'm thinking of, what I've done is a bit of just sort of walking to get sort of, again, the body's working aerobically walking around inspecting the start so doing that stuff getting to the washroom getting taking care of that seeing how the other starts went what does the course look like are people running uh adjusting anything on my bike as far as tires tire pressure uh and then 
what do we do from there? Then, so as close to the start as I can, then I would get out of the car, ride back and forth, and then just do a couple of sprints. Like this is that track warm up situation. So like the closest hill to the car, maybe it's like a little drier or sheltered. Uh, I'll try and get like three times up this hill. So almost like the 30-30s I described, something like that. Heart rate gets up and then go to the start, wear a lot of coats, <laughs> hope yeah. for the best. And trying to hit gravel or pavement rather than going on grass or mud. Definitely avoid mud. mud. Yeah. I mean, and you do the best you can. This is why I'm not, you know, cyclocross. I sort of stopped racing because it seemed like to do really well at elite stuff it was always like oh okay well there you go <laughs> gonna need more bikes You're yeah gonna need a- yeah it's tough right and some people love that and that's fine but that wasn't you know my situation and i will say I, rollers are fairly inexpensive you can get them for under 200 bucks i think they're around 160 for just sort of your your generic set and that's like the good brand set not not relative to smart cheap. trainers they're very cheap and i mm-hmm. think yeah it would be great we have two sets um and, and i love them they're so good yeah I hate them, but I'm tolerant of them. Uh, For cross, if you race cross seriously, like definitely you should have uh, some sort of way to warm up on the spot. Uh, you know, a tent would augment that for sure. But you could maybe cheaper f- than you realize. But you could maybe find a, a lot of these races have, uh, you know, a, a building with a, a what am I looking overhang. Overhang. Thing? Yeah. Something like that where you can set it up or get in underneath someone else's tent or there's neutral tent that's definitely a a benefit for sure and that does help control even in heat right if you can be in shade and you'll see a lot of the elites are doing that now in a lot of the off-road races yeah so be as prepared as possible be as calm as possible remember all of the owls yeah the Uh, the different aspects for sure and then think about it in training i think that the training and the practice like you should be confident in what you do because you've done it for the last 365 days in a variety of conditions and a variety of workouts. Uh, and this is where reflecting on that in your workouts, right? Oh, you know, I had a short warm up today. I actually did. Okay. Also bring your own toilet paper over to the porta potty. <laughs> right. The, All right. The bowels. <laughs> that wraps up our chat about off-road warmups. Uh, hit us up. If you have any other questions you want to talk about as race season starting to get underway. Uh, if you are racing this weekend, good luck, crush it. And we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning into the consummate athlete podcast. If you enjoyed this or any of our past episodes, do us a solid and leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts and check out our book, becoming a consummate athlete over at consummateathlete.com. Questions or comments? Find us over on Instagram at consummateathlete and we will see you next week.